Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back for another great episode of Simply Not Easy. We're here today on a great Focus Friday. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. I know I certainly did. It was great challenging myself thinking about those areas for myself where I really have to take a step back and say, what am I most consistent with? And not only in the good way, seeing the absolute highlights, but where are my downfalls too? And the best part about that is, you know, combining this with a growth mindset of saying about what are my habits right now, uh, so far. And that doesn't mean that they define me, but they comprise who I am at this moment and they make up the direction I'm going in. Because I can be at a certain place in my life, but my habits are either currently helping me or hindering me. And so it's either going to bring you up or break you down. And I should say build you up or break you down. And so it's great thinking about that and saying, how can I make little small changes to go from keeping myself neutral, going down, or really making myself better and better every single day as a part of that. And then the idea of being clutch of when it really matters, putting everything on the line. And I asked you guys a question, doesn't it all really matter? So if you haven't listened to that episode, take a chance to go through it. I think it's a fantastic, thought-provoking episode. And if you did, I certainly hope you enjoyed it. But today we're on Focus Friday. And for this Focus Friday, we're going to talk about savoring it. Savoring the moment you're in. Um, for me, this is an extremely pertinent at this moment. Today is actually my very last day in the clinical out here. Um, so yeah, very last time I'm um, stepping into the clinic with the VA, working for them for this third clinical for my PT career in, as I finish up my doctorate of physical therapy program. And I've been extremely grateful for the opportunity. It's been a fantastic, fantastic experience. So as I take this in, as I savor the moment for myself... I want to take you guys back first. I want to take you back not only to the beginning of this clinical, but before I was even in my grad school, before I was even in college, when I was still in high school. When I went to my boarding school, my senior year, um, they ran things a little bit differently. A lot of people in their senior year, things are kind of cooling down. You've gotten into school. Um, you're you know, more or less kind of coasting along, making it happen. It was just the opposite where I was. They were ramping things right up for us. You know, their philosophy is we're not preparing you for college. We're preparing you for life. And so we actually, so we were in trimesters. And the trimesters were divided up into three kind of units of focus for us. The first trimester was about rigor. I mean, rigor is exactly what it sounds like. It's freaking hard work. It's digging your heels and it's making it happen. The second trimester was about synergy, working together, having a team mentality, and finding out what are the strengths and weaknesses of each team member and how can we work to maximize this for the whole team. And the third was conscience. How do we follow our conscience? How do we let conscience be our guide to discovering who we are and who we're meant to be in this world? And that was a progression that they worked to instill in us for our own personal development. Because if we develop ourselves as people, 
for who we are, what we believe in. The other things will take care of themselves. Because, you know, when we talk about developing a mindset or developing a philosophy of life, that changes, your beliefs change the actions you take. You know, people's actions are a direct result of the beliefs that they have. Therefore, you can't truly have a belief unless you, if you don't take action on it. You don't, you don't really believe it if you're not compelled to take action on it. And so I think that's extremely, extremely important. But th that was the system they were trying to instill in us. Throughout that year, two of the more significant courses we had, we had our English 12 course. It was literature of justice. We got into a lot of books with Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and we got into a lot of kind of challenging literary novels um, that had to do with issues of justice in our world. Uh, then our history course was, I can't remember the exact name, but something along the line of ethics, political philosophy, and something else in there. And we looked at different ethical philosophies and approaches throughout different historical times and throughout different regions of the world and perspectives. But both of these courses were kind of hand in hand with each other and progressed along the same way. And sure, the point of it was to be able to decipher high level English literature or to learn about time periods or areas of history and how it defines where we are as a culture going forward. You know, the point of history is to learn from it and to apply it to the present and to inform us of the future. Well, what these courses also did is they informed us of ourselves, not just about the future where our culture has come from. It informed us about, hey, what's the history of who we are? What is my personal history? What is my personal beliefs? What is my personal relationship with justice? Where do I fit into the system? And what kind of action will I take to actively engage in that for myself, for who I am? And those were the kind of questions that we answered in the, these courses, where we took a deep introspective look into who we are, where I wanted to become. So that third trimester, the trimester of conscience, of trying to listen to ourselves and understand how to listen to ourselves. We started the process of what we called senior evals. And this wasn't a formal evaluation like a test. These were senior evals where we truly, we evaluate ourselves and we evaluate each other, the senior class of the school. Now this was a boarding school of just less than 200 people in it. And I graduated with 52 people in my senior class. So very, very small school compared to the public school I was in my freshman year where my freshman class was 400. And so we knew each other real well, you know, for better or worse at a small school, you know, everybody and everybody's story. So for these senior evals, we were all 52 of us were in the room. And we were in the room with all the faculty at the time. And eventually we got assigned and selected mentors in the faculty. And my mentor was um, another man of a Catholic Christian faith um, that I looked up to. And he was also my varsity soccer coach. But where I'm going with this is all of us were in a room together. We already were delving into rigor. We were already 
kind of trying to cement the foundation of synergy. Now we're focusing on our conscience and how do we find that for ourselves, our direction. And the senior evals were just that. We took time to share our stories, to listen to each other, to give each other honest and frankly, some pretty brutal feedback about where we thought we were with our lives, other than literally hear from everybody else where they thought we were with our lives. And that's from the faculty and the students. And it goes both ways. I mean, the, the students could be brutally honest with the faculty. The faculty could be brutally honest with the students. We were peers at that point. It wasn't a, um, yeah, sure, they had authority. But we're, when we were in that room, they were guiding us, but we were all equal. And we were all open to that exact same feedback. And that's beautiful. That's the human experience. We're all on the pathway down life and trying to figure out where we're going. But in our last two weeks of school, we finished finals early. We finished finals early so that basically every single day for about six hours a day of those last two weeks, we were in those senior evals. We were in times of intense reflection, intense sharing, um, intense growing and learning and struggling about saying, hey, face the freaking truth of yourself, of your life. Get in there. Our last day. Our lecture hall for the senior classes was in the basement of a building. And uh, it was actually kind of a beautiful setup. You walked into the classroom through um, kind of these brick wall area, and it divided out so you could enter a door from either side in the back. And there was a little stage with the kind of seats sloping down into it. So with the stage that was risen on top, there was a door behind it. And you only went in and out that door once you graduated the school. If you're alumni and coming back, you come in and out. If you're a professor, you can come in and out. But you had to graduate the school, and you had to finish to get in and out of that door. It was a rite of passage. It was a rite of earning it. Did it ultimately matter? Did it make it more efficient to go in and out that door? No. But it was coveted. It was something that we cared about. It was saying that you have to go through this journey to get through there. So it was a symbol. It was a symbol and a testament of growth because it was absolute work. So on our very last day, we're all in the room, we're all in the lecture hall for kind of a deeper contemplative three-hour session in the morning from right after breakfast to right up until lunch. And our professor, our history professor, is sharing some things with us. And at the end, we pass around these containers of strawberries. And he says, take it, but don't eat it yet. Um, now again, we're not going with the whole drinking the Kool-Aid thing. This isn't as much of a cult as it sounds like, but go with the symbolism here. So we're, we're all in these intense journeys of personal growth. Not only do we have to get through our senior kind of finals to make sure we're still in college and get all that stuff, but I mean, it's excruciating. We're, we're gearing up for everything. There's no slowing down. We're going after it to the last minute and this isn't just you know like you're running and it's a tough physical challenge or you know you have to do this intellectual work this is deep emotional stuff and for many of us at the time it was very challenging and uncomfortable absolutely uncomfortable and it said take this strawberry and when we're done here in a moment take a bite of it and truly savor it. Take in the flavor. Take in the taste. 
and savor every moment of it, every taste, every smell, every sensation with that strawberry. And once you can no longer taste it, once you have no, once you no longer have any sensation left from that strawberry, that is when you're ready. And that is when you walk up, you take your things with you, you walk up these stairs up the podium, and there the professor was with the two other professors who taught the English course. And it was a big kind of, you know, they're in a line almost like graduation. Big bro hug it out. Nice big bear hug. One, two, three. And you left that door when you're ready. When you're ready to honor that commitment to yourself and savor that moment, savor the moment of triumph, of about to of about to walk through a door that you have waited to walk through symbolically for such a long time. To be ready to say, I'm done with this process. And being done doesn't really mean done, but it means that you've made it. Because some people didn't make it. Some people didn't make it through that. Some people were intellectually smart enough to, but couldn't face themselves. And they didn't make it through the program. So we took the bite of that strawberry. And of course, well-timed, up on the speakers, they started to play Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. So play that song. Put it. Put yourself in this state of mind. We're all sitting there in a darker lecture hall. Say you're in that strawberry. Listening to the song. Thinking back, reflecting on all the growth, all the struggle, all the uncomfortableness that we have shared throughout the past two months and especially the last two weeks with those 51 other students in the room. And not just those three other professors, but the entire professors in the rest of the school. And the younger students too, the freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, that we explain some of what we're doing to them, but they they don't get it. They don't, they're at sports practice or they're having, they're having their free time when we're in here with all this. And we remember what it was like the year before where it was easy and laid back or easier and laid back and we had this free time and the people above us were in those rooms and we had an idea of what was going on but we didn't fully know and now we were there reflecting back on the times of struggle and agony on the times of growth and love and triumph of really every moment that had brought us to that present moment we still had the taste of that strawberry some people got up within about 20 seconds I was close to the end, and in all honesty, I could still barely taste a hint of that strawberry, but I knew it was my time. I got, I was close to the last third, I got up, big bear hug with the history professor, Mark Duthorn, who was my mentor, my, not my soccer coach mentor, but, um, a mentor figure for me throughout the three years I was there who had seen me through a lot, the good, bad, and the ugly, I'll tell you that much. Big bear hug to John Rigney, the head English professor, who was a great guy, bright mind, wonderful scholar, and a good role model of what it meant to be a great man. All those men were. Uh, then the other English professor, Dan Osar, 
quieter guy, very contemplative, but very brave and bold at the same time. And I left that door. There are people who left far ahead of me. There were others who were still in that room with tears streaming down their cheeks. I don't know what was going on in their mind. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe, you know, they, they were still so uncomfortable um, and challenged, but yet they, they didn't feel ready to go on. Or they were proud of themselves or they were scared, whatever it might have been. We all have different ways of savoring the moment. And now as I reflect back on my clinical, my time here with the VA, my time serving these amazing, incredible veterans that come with such a wide perspective of a life story and bringing my own life story to them as they are willing to share theirs with mine to whatever they were. Please join me as I savor this moment as today is my last day of this clinical. When I was... This clinical I had to apply for. And I went through the application process. Um, I was very fortunately nominated. Um, so I had to, my school reached out to everybody and said, hey, for those of you who are interested, here's an opportunity. Um, get back to us within a week with your resume, application, statement of interest, all that stuff. I was very fortunate that my school selected me out of however many other people who were interested. But it didn't stop there. Then it was a phone interview with the kind of one of the directors of the clinic out here. And I didn't know how many other people I was competing with, but I was basically competing with the people who had been selected um, from other schools who were interested. And I got in the interview with him. I thought it went pretty well, obviously a little bit nervous. Um, first major phone interview. But I was excited for the opportunity. I talked with him about my passions, about what I was excited about, my interest in physical therapy, why I was interested in it, how I work with patients. Um, he asked me a bunch of questions about my experiences based on my resume, and I answered them the best and um, most on honestly I could. I talked to him about how grateful I was to have an opportunity to work for this population. I've had a lot of family coming in and out of the military. And um, it was the application out there. He said I should hear back with him from him in about a week or two. I said, all right. So it's about two and a half weeks from then. I haven't heard back yet. I'm getting nervous. You know, this is a this is a crazy good opportunity. And I had a, whether you call it through faith, um, a good feeling in terms of like this is the direction I should go or just the intuition that this is the place I was meant to be in a way. Um, any, anyways, I had a good feeling about this place. I remember sending up a little prayer. Um, real quick background on this. So um, I was raised Catholic, Catholic faith. Um, it's been stronger sometimes than others, but when I was confirmed, we choose a patron saint. I didn't choose anybody that was a confirmed saint in the church like most do. I chose the name Alan for my great uncle, for my mother's uncle, for my mother's godfather. His name was David Allen Young, and when my mother was one year old, he was, um, sorry, when she was three months old, he was drafted into the war in the army. He was working out of Minnesota. Um, that's where she was from. And he was drafted into the war. Um, he came back, and they changed my mother's um, 
baptism time for when he was back in town with him being the godfather. Then he was he was back in Minnesota for a real short stay a few days. Then he was back in Vietnam. He never came back. All I know about the details of the situation is that he took a grenade for his brothers in war. He took a grenade for his fellow troops, for four men that he was serving with. Um, and he sacrificed himself so they could live and continue on. And I had always felt a connection with him. I couldn't describe it. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I just know. And so I chose the name Alan from him for my confirmation saint name. So, of course, with him being a veteran, I, you know, a couple days, you know, it's been two and a half weeks. I send up a little prayer and say, hey, man, David, listen, I know it doesn't even feel right for me to ask you this. You've done so much. But if you've got any say in this at all, I'd love for you to pull a string or two for me. I just felt like it was opportunity. And I was nervous before this, man. But I remember the next day, I just felt a sense of peace. Like, all right, hey, whatever it is, it is. Then, on June 20th, I got the email back from uh, somebody in my school saying I got, I got the position, I got the clinic with the VA. I was so pumped, so excited. Because it was just two days earlier than that that I had prayed for it. Well, here's the thing. I didn't even realize it at the time. I should have, but I didn't. I checked my email, my other email as well, my personal email, not just my school email after that. And literally within about an hour after reading the email that I got accepted, I read an email from my grandmother who, you know, my, it would be her brother-in-law was David Allen Young. And she was writing a letter to all of us, um, her grandkids and her children, about David, about my grandfather's brother, and how on that day was the... Uh, forgive me, this is still tough for me. The day I found out I got the position at the VA was on the 51st anniversary of his passing of the day he took the grenade. Some things in this life are coincidences. Some things are not. That most certainly was not. He was looking out for me and he still is. I know I'll do my best to look out for him and others in the future. And that was how this started. Found out that summer. It was a fantastic summer continuing my work. It was a grueling but amazing fall semester, challenging myself in every way. And I came out here. I came out to California, Palo Alto. Basically right after New Year's, either the 3rd or the 4th. I can't even remember now. I get out here, fly into San Francisco, come on down south to Palo Alto, find the place I'm renting from, 
and it's a fantastic situation. It's, it's pricey out here, I'll tell you that much. Um, but fantastic setup. I spent a few days um, exploring around the area, um, getting used to the place before clinic started again. And got to the clinic, and my first day, so I had to go over to the HR department to get everything set up. You know, typical government VA, it, there's a process to it. And I take an Uber over, and the Uber gets me to a slightly wrong place, but it was a blessing in disguise because I had to walk over this pedestrian bridge to get to the other side of the highway. And as I'm walking across the bridge, to my left, it's about, about 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.10 at that time. I'm looking to my left, and a beautiful sunrise is coming up. Uh, then I look over to the south, straight ahead of me, this incredible view of the mountains with pink hues of clouds rolling directly over. Then as I look to the right, over the bridge to the west, there's a rainbow. And I can just tell, hey, it's a sign. This is going to be one heck of a time in California. And let me tell you, it's been one heck of a time in California. I've loved the clinic I've worked at. Um, got a ch chance to meet so many great people. All the different mentors that I've been working with. Uh, my CI and other clinicians getting to learn from them, share their experiences. You know, the very first weekend I was here, I had an opportunity to go on a dry needling course with a couple other students, then a lot of other full-time PTs and just learn from some of the greats about different ways of treating the body, not just as far as the technique of the actual needling, but theories behind it and how, you know, some of the things we're learning about with it, how does it change our understanding of our neurological and muscular physiology and what we truly do and how it relates to function and fantastic learning experience through that. I was starting to get more and more experience in the clinic, working with more veterans, hearing their stories, um, doing my absolute best I could to help them and to really create a partnership with them all. And I was working to learn from a new system. And I've had so many amazing adventures throughout this time, both in, in the clinic especially, you know, in the clinic meeting so many people trying to um, help them along their journey and do the absolute best I can for them and give my little very small part of my token of appreciation for their service by helping to serve them and growing my own knowledge and understanding as well. But then also, I mean, I've had so much great time in California outside of the clinic. Um, you know, almost every day after work, I'd go, go out and play some good basketball with a bunch of your friends. I go on long runs along a lot of waterfront trails and everything. Beautiful time there. I uh, take a bunch of trips up to San Francisco to, some of my friends out east, they've got a little bit of family out here. Spent some time with them going over Golden Gate Bridge, going up to some of the headlands to overlook the entire city, exploring a bunch of the areas in the city, a lot of the scenic places. Um, you know, I took some trips up even further north in California, seeing all the great redwoods and everything. I got to take a bus down, go out to L.A. for a long time, visit with the director of, residency, of re residency program I'm interested in, visit with uh, my friends down there, see a bunch of the LA area. I took time to go out to Yosemite, and man, was that an adventure of a 48 hours. Getting out to Yosemite in the dead of winter, um, beautiful hikes. Sometimes I was up to my hip in snow, 
and it was incredible. I loved it all. Time down in the Monterey area, absolutely beautiful through there. So a lot of fantastic exploring and seeing the culture um, and more importantly, the, the land and the people and the way that people live their lives um, and to really immerse myself in all that. Um, you know, a lot of time around Stanford. Um, I'm going to go out to Oakland soon, um, have some time out there. I'm going to be working in um, soon after I'm done today with the PT clinic. I'll be working at a, the San Francisco CrossFit place, shadowing a couple of the PTs out there that do a lot of really high-level stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely excited and grateful for everything I've gotten a chance to learn. I've made a lot of great bonds with a lot of the people I'm connected with. Um, and it's been an absolutely incredible experience. And, you know, just today I was appreciating it so much, savoring it, just as I let the smell, the taste, the texture, the flavor of that strawberry settle in and just be there to appreciate it. I'm doing the same now for this, savoring this moment as I walk into work today and every moment that's led me up to this point and treating with honor and savoring the moment, savoring the flavors. You know, one of my favorite mottos is you can't be overwhelmed in life if you're only focusing on one thing. But the other part to that is you might as well make that one thing something great. So take a bite of that sweet berry. Soak in that flavor. Savor the moment for everything it is, everything it can be, and doing it for exactly what it's supposed to be. So I'm ha I've had an amazing time with this clinical. I've had an amazing time in California. And I've had an amazing time in my life getting to this point. And I'm going to look back on this in days in the future. And I'm going to enjoy it so much. This has been a great opportunity of growth for me. But it's only the beginning. And that's the amazing, beautiful part about being on the journey. Is we're all growing and it, it changes us. Every experience changes us. Experience is the ultimate teacher. And so please approach everything in life with humble confidence and be ready to enjoy the moment and savor the moment that you're in. I want to, maybe I'm been into a little bit of country music lately, but I want to close out by a little quote from the song, You're Gonna Miss This by Trace Adkins. Again, I'm not going to sing it. I'll put you out of your misery. You're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times. So take a good look around. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. Savor this moment. Take a sweet bite. Enjoy. This is the moment that you were meant to be in. Strawberry fields forever. Simply not easy.